0: Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So, whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. Hello, everyone. I am with David Saggio, owner of David Saggio Photography, a photography studio focused on making people look their best for the world to see. David, welcome. I'm so excited to dive into the human story behind the brand.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. You know how I feel about you. So (laughs) I'm excited to to do this.
0: Awesome. Okay. I really, I have so many, like I said, I have so many questions for you about what you do specifically in your business, but I actually, before we get into (laughs) all of that, I want to start with about like just your career in general. Do you mind giving a bit of a rundown of your career thus far?
1: Sure. I'm, I'm kind of a mutt. <laughs> I've been all over the place. Um, I first looked through a camera lens at the age of 17 and fell in love with it. Um, I was just amazed at how you can make the world look differently. Uh, so I started doing photography Uh, As a teen, worked in local studios, local camera shop. And then I ended up joining the army and was trained as a photographer uh, and was assigned to the 10th Special Forces group. And I ended up running the group photo section uh, for almost five years. And it was fantastic. I got to travel the world. Uh, work with some of the best and smartest people that I've ever met in my life and uh, really learned how to focus on what's important. And I always say I contribute any success I've had in life to in my career to two things, my parents and my time in the military. Um, After a couple of knee injuries, I decided to take a break and went back to school and got uh, my uh, BS in communications. And started out on the, the creative side. I was doing film, video, photography. And, and over time, uh, migrated into more managerial kind of things, uh, brand strategy, uh, a lot of uh, project work, and became more of the customer or the client-facing person, less about actually doing the creative and getting things done. And, and I, I worked in a variety of agencies in the Boston area and out in the Midwest. Um, And over time, just really missed having that creativity and that control. And so uh, about seven years ago, decided I wanted to hang out my own shingle, go back into the creative space full time, and to really try to bring some good to my clients and to the world through my photography.
0: That's amazing. And I have a question for you about the being a photographer in the military, obviously, like you yeah. said, you get to travel a lot, or you had you got to travel a lot yeah. and meet incredible people, it sounds like. But what, from a photographer's standpoint, what was that like?
1: It was really interesting because we had a tactical and a more strategic role. Um, tactical, we had to document missions and training and things that were going on. Uh, with the various subunits within the 10 special forces group. And then we had more strategic and creative. Although today I'm really envious of the guys that are doing that because with the event of digital photography, we had to go into photo labs. I, I smelled a lot of developer in my lifetime. Um, They're able to almost immediately see the imagery that they've done and be able to send that back and to have that published out. And I follow the 10 Special Forces Group, the 82nd Airborne, a variety of units out there um, on Facebook and Instagram. And the imagery that they produce today is absolutely incredible. I don't think we could have done as well back with film um, as they do today. But it, I felt like it was a really great mix between you're trying to capture and set a mood And to show things but then you also are doing photography that has a mission and a goal and that's really been helpful to apply to what i do today based off of whether that's a branded lifestyle shoot or whether that's doing professional headshots what's my goal how am i trying to help my client and are we actually doing that versus just doing a creative exercise
0: Mm, mm, that's Does so that interesting. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's incredible because you don't even think about that when you're in it. And so I'm really excited that I get to talk to someone who was oh. in it and gets to and like, because it you are capturing such a unique perspective and one that many people don't really experience unless they know someone directly who's in the military, or probably just watching a TV show. And so yeah, Yeah, I think that's that's really yeah, and I think that's a really unique perspective. And also, I love how you said, right? Like you, it's it's not just being tactical and strategic, but you're also there's a mission behind it, and there's you're trying to capture the human essence of these military members. And so, I think that's really interesting. So, I want to talk about when you started out on your own. I mean, and it sounds like you. Like you said, right, like you got to take away a lot of that, what you did in the military and apply it to kind of your own business and how you approach it. So, Juan, can you explain a little bit more about what you do um, and... Yeah, actually, I'll ask some more questions later.
1: <laughs> sure. You know, really what I do is it's my photography is focused on making my clients look their best for the world to see. And it's kind of a catchphrase, but it's really true. Um, I pride myself on an authentic and genuine look that really brings to life the, the real person. It's important, especially today with everything that we have going on with digital, you know, right or wrong, people are looking at LinkedIn or websites, and they're making judgments off of not only individuals, but also um, corporations, companies. Are they competent? Do they look authentic, confident, positive? It, I always compare it to it's kind of like buying an automobile. Ultimately, you choose the dealership that is the most personable to you, you'll pay more. You you want that feeling of trust. And so what I try to do is create a picture of confidence. And that can take a variety of forms. As I said, it can be a a really solid headshot. It can be a business portrait. It can be putting them into their environment or even their personal side of life. But my goal is always, I I say, my goal is to make my clients successful. Mm -hmm. If they're successful, I'm successful. And that's really key and to convey that value to them, that that's what I'm here for. And I, I'm really, you know, lucky with, as we talked about the focus on the mission and the goal, but also during my agency time of brand strategy, I think that's what gives me a differentiation from a lot of the commercial photographers that are out there is I understand brand and ultimately what you're trying to do with it. So I will have conversations with C-suite executives or communications directors about what are you trying to convey and how do we do that visually so that it fits in with your brand and it helps to form your visual brand so that when people see it, you're getting the emotion and the action out of it that you want.
0: That's incredible because I also, and I will say full disclosure, I don't know much about the photography industry. I've never really thought about it beyond outside of our conversations about it as an industry and the fact that there's strategy behind it right like i think to the general consumer or maybe i'm alone in this i don't know but i think generally you know it's like okay it's got to be good quality people there's different styles that people can be attracted to and whatnot but when you it's like when you show up you're kind of like yes you want someone to give creative direction and that's really what when you see a difference but i think yeah what's interesting to you is that you are looking at it from a very strategic standpoint like this is what this is what you're trying to convey so this is the direction that we're going for and and it's beyond hey pose like this and it's beyond you know sit here or whatever it is so can you share can you provide like a little bit of insight into what that process looks like when you're on set with someone
1: yeah, usually the, the, the hard work goes prior. I always work into any of my proposals that we're going to have X number of meetings or X hours of coordination prior. Because if you wait until you're on set, then you're constantly kind of chasing the ball. Because there will be, you know, with technology today, and I, I think you saw it when, when I photographed you, I shoot tethered. So everything can go into the computer. Everything can even be, Uh, sent to an iPad so if it's a client team they can look at that and as we're shooting they can be providing feedback wow we like that we don't like this or can you adjust this and I'm able to do that in real time but the overall look Feel what's the lighting? Is it more dramatic? Is it more open and airy? What are we trying to convey? Mm-hmm. I try to do that up front, and even if I'm doing, say, a volume shoot of executive headshots, I will ask those questions. What? Uh, what's your website like? You know, what's the color palette? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do? Do we want to go cooler? Do we want to go uh, with a warmer temperature? Do you want a white background? Do we do colors? Um, You know, even the most simple shoot, there needs to be thought into that because I don't want my clients to feel like we're chasing the ball. I want to convey the confidence I want to bring out in them and capture. I want them to see that in me that, hey, I've done this before. I've got this under control. And yeah, we're going to have variables that pop up. But because we've got everything else where it needs to be we can go ahead and we can approach that and, and make it a really positive experience. To me, there is nothing, nothing makes me happier than a happy client. When I, when I get feedback and reviews that say it was seamless, it was professional. I felt like David was my best friend. That to me says the experience, because there's an art and science to this and you have to mesh it together, but ultimately are my clients successful and are they happy?
0: Okay, I have a lot of thoughts because I love everything that you just said. So one of the things I want to call out is you did do my headshot and I have gotten so much positive feedback on it. And it was even like just the briefest photo shoot, but it was incredible. So you definitely knew what you were doing. And I had no idea what I wanted. I literally was like, I I don't know. I just, (laughs) here I am. So, and like the fact that I've gotten so much positive feedback from it is just incredible. So just want to call that out. (laughs) And so, but one thing, there are a few things I wanted to ask about. One is acknowledge. The, the amount of detail you go into and, like, I love that you ask them, like, what's your website? What's your color palette? Because I also think that that's not always considered. I do think that, like, I've seen a lot of photographers kind of market, like, oh, here's sort of a website layout that we do. But it's always feeling like it's after the fact but I like that you, like you said, right? The work really is before everything. Like once yeah. we're on set, it's like they're confident. It's like everyone knows what they're gonna actually expect. And like every yeah. surprise is just kind of a cherry on top when you're on set.
1: Yeah, you want them to be positive surprises. Yes. Um, what, one of my favorite things on any shoot is when you go ahead and you do those first several images and you experience this and, and I'm able to show individuals because everybody who comes into my studio or on set says, I'm not photogenic. I don't like having my photo taken. I'm, I'm not a good looking person. And, it, and my line is always, you've never been lit well. And it makes a huge difference. You saw in studio, you know, the detail that I go into to get that and to see yeah. the look on people's faces when they see themselves looking as best as they possibly can. And, and literally, is that me? Mm -hmm. That can't be me. I I don't look that good. That's that's really I should be getting that out of every single client because, you know, there's as you said, there's not a lot of education about what photography on a commercial and professional level really entails. And uh, and I'm really focused on creating that compelling imagery that's showing that professionalism, confidence, competency in what i tell when it comes to headshots specifically that's an investment in yourself or in your executive team or your employees yeah when you have consistent well-done photography somebody's looking at that and they're judging you and and, you know there have been studies by you know university of texas that people with a professional headshot the the Rapid impressions that are formed regarding trustworthiness, likability, and competence are instantaneous. Mm-hmm. It's like 0. 0.6 tenths of a second. Yeah. And we, but you can control that. You know, there's always been the perception, well, you can't control, it. you can by presenting the best, most positive professional image, mm-hmm. you can enhance and take advantage of that opportunity. And if you are, that's giving you a competitive advantage.
0: That's such an interesting perspective. And I, I have a couple questions. And then mm-hmm. I want to get into the importance or like the impact of visuals. Um, but before I do, I want to talk go back again to like the strategy standpoint. What is something and you mentioned a few bits of like, you know, kind of insecurities, I guess that arise. And I'm definitely like the very first photo shoot I ever did. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, what is this? Please don't look at me like what's going on. But, and it, and then even still like, again, when you, uh, you, when you took my headshot, it was uh, in the finest detail. You were like, just move your chin this way. I was like, what the hell is that going to be like? You know what I mean? It's just like, it's in this finest little details, but it really did make a huge difference. And I would never yep. have known that. So just want to acknowledge that, that like that is the benefit of investing in a high quality photographer because like you really have no idea. Like it's, it really yeah. makes a difference, but also, okay, sorry. Before that tangent, the brand strategy aspect, what is, what are some things do you, when you're asking these questions, do you find that people know the answers to them or do you help kind of guide them?
1: Um, I would say 75% of the time I'm guiding that conversation because people will just be like, well, it's a business portrait. Or mm-hmm. you know, they like want simplify
0: that, it in a way. Mm-hmm. We want
1: that CEO photo, you mm-hmm. know. Well, do you want him in his office? Do you have a space in your building that's especially uh photogenic? Is it all glass? Do you overlook the city? You know, what, what are the options? So a lot of times I'll end up doing a scouting trip. I have a biopharma client over in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, we do several shoots a year um, in updating their team or their, their brand imagery for their library that they use in their marketing and PR. And, you know, we'll, even though I've been in their two spaces multiple times before a shoot, I'll get together with their EVP of communications And we'll go through and I'll literally take imagery with the iPad so that we know, okay, this is a possibility. This is a possibility. What are we going to do? And it just, for me, it gives me a shot list that I can then follow and I can get agreement on. Mm -hmm. Um, And the client then has skin in the game. Right. They're not just sitting there, you know, oh yeah, that's okay. Or no, that's not really what we're right. looking for. They've, I've incorporated them into the process. Now I'm guiding them. And I, my job is to ensure that we do all the right things and have the best light and the best locations. But I want them similar to when I did your headshot, when we would stop periodically, look at what we got, I'd give you feedback and direction and say, which mm-hmm. one do you like? And which star different images. It's the same thing. No matter the size of the engagement, I'm following the same sort of process to ensure that I'm getting the quality that my clients deserve.
0: Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And I love that, right? Like you really do come to them as like a partner and to make yeah. sure that they are getting not just what they want, because I think a lot of the times too, when we, higher help or like, I don't, I know what I want, to, but I don't, I kind of want you to tell me what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah. The bar can be set very low. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and there is, you know, you'll find even with higher end clients who, who do have a pretty good idea what they want. They don't really know what they want. They know what they don't want.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's can, such a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another thing, too, go, kind of going back to what I you mentioned earlier about, like, it's a first impression that you're essentially providing them yeah. to people, or you're providing them to provide to others, right? And so mm-hmm. one of the things I want to kind of touch on is, like, just the impact of visuals. I think especially now with all of social media, we've got Instagram mm-hmm. as basically a... Uh, portfolio LinkedIn like you said people's headshots and things like that I'm curious to know your thoughts on how that is strategic like how does that really come off strategic and different from or how can they leverage that to be different from their competitors
1: there's so much bad imagery that's out there Mm -hmm. um their stock photography I, I, when, when I worked in the pharmaceutical space, we used to laugh about commercials, are you going to have daisies or daffodils in the field that your target audience is going to run through because the drug worked so well for them. Um, And there's a lot of that out there, Um, you, you know, and you get clients that are really happy with stock photography but somebody else is also using that imagery and it could be in a different industry. It could be in the same industry by having your own look and feel it's identifiable as you. And by having it at a high quality, you set yourself apart. And that's really, that's kind of part of the value proposition that I bring to the table is we can differentiate you because honestly, there's probably in many cases You know, you have three, four, five, maybe 10 competitors that do the same thing. And you can argue how well you do it, functions and features, things like that. But when people first engage with you, they're going to go to your website. They're going to look on LinkedIn and they're going to look at any sort of collateral that you can send them. And if you're creating a consistency across all of that, then that really, one, it shows professionalism. It shows attention to detail And it's showing your personality. And if you're doing that, that's making an impact. I mean, there have been a million studies and I'm constantly looking at them. But, you know, I mentioned the University of Texas, but then HubSpot recently did a study and it showed that websites with um, executive headshots and brand imagery, you know, 45% Forty-five percent increase in engagement. They lead to higher conversion rates. They lead to more conversations. Um, it's really important in the startup world when you're dealing with venture capital and you're going for, you know, rounds of funding. Your professionalism is what's really helped because you can talk to it. But they're looking at everything across the board as to do I want to invest in you and why. So you need to take every opportunity to maximize your brand and your visuals and your professionalism.
0: That's amazing insight. And I love, I, I was, I'm fascinated by all of that because I think, especially as like as someone who's been in marketing for a long time now, I always knew the importance of, you know, having our headshots, having, you know, team images, things like that to have right like to showcase yeah. our people but like when we really came to think about or when we were trying to like sell the investment for it because marketing lots always yeah. write red tape when it comes to the budget <laughs> there was always kind of a lack of strategy behind it and also I think what you kind of just conveyed was really more of like It's yes, there's a strategy to it, but like it is part of the brand and I think, and it's less about here's our people in an image and okay, Hey, we're all meeting at a table, but like to what you said, right? Like everyone's using the same stock images now. Everyone like so much of it looks the same and everyone kind of wants similar styles. So I almost feel like so much that gets over like, so much focus is on the style in a way, and less about like really what is coming through as our brand. What is our identity through these images yeah. beyond the people?
1: There's a lot of copying that goes on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, our competition's doing this and they're being successful. We want to do that versus okay. who are we? What do we stand for? You know, what do we really bring to the table? I know you and I've had the conversation many times about the clarity of what do you do? Um, And, you know, even for what I do, it's really important. I just, I (laughs) I always say, I don't just take pictures, you know? What I do is I create an image and I create the picture of confidence. And, And whether that's a group whether that's a brand, whether that's an individual, that's what I do. And I take a lot of pride in that. I, I always appreciate when somebody um, mentions my attention to detail on a shoot, because what I do, there's an art and science to it. I know what the creative should look like. How do I achieve that? How do I get there? Um, and it's, it's also part of the fun of what I do. It's, it's that problem solving to get to an image that just blows people away that whether that's as an individual and they look at it and they're stunned that they can look that good. Mm-hmm. I, I had a client one time, she's a, she's a model and an actress. Um, and I did a shoot of her. She loved her headshot. She had felt like she said, I've never had one that made me look this way. And about three days later she called me up and she said, I showed it to my my, uh, friends and colleagues, and they all wanted to know who the, the, the hot chick was. (laughs) And she said, could you cut back on the editing? Because I'm afraid that I look too good. And I was stunned by that. And I even showed her, I zoomed in and I don't over edit. It's one of my pet peeves. And I said, you can see your pores. If I over edit, that becomes all smooth. I, you know, sit with it for a while, but I did not over edit you. That's the lighting. I, I had seen, she had never been in good light. She had never really smiled. Mm -hmm. And so it was a whole new look for her because we all have a perception of what we look like. And we, we tend to beat ourselves up. Mm -hmm. I do it. Well, I do a lot of tests and I'll get in front of the camera myself and I'll be like, Oh, I look like that. Um, but you know, when I nail it, I'm like, Oh, wow. I'm not yes. half bad. So, you know, in, in, yeah. <laughs> and I see that all the time with clients. Yeah. People are stunned at how good they can look. But, you know, that's kind of what Hollywood and Instagram and things like that have brought to light that, yeah. you know, we don't look fantastic all the time, but when we need to, we can look great.
0: Yeah. I love that because it, I mean, and you had mentioned this earlier, and I actually had circled it on my notes is that that art and science piece, right? It's, yeah, you, it's be like I said, like it's beyond just being like, okay, you're going to have, here's your shot list, you're going to sit here, you're going to do this, and you know, move, be in this scenario, right? Like you're like, I know the creative, but how do I achieve whatever we're trying to achieve, right? And yeah. I think. And it sounds like it even go, like, at least from my amateur mindset of photography, it sounds like this is the style that we're trying to achieve, but it's be, it sounds like it's actually not even the style. It's like, so beyond that. Can you share a little bit about just to kind of add, at least for me to better understand it, like how do, what is, how does it go beyond style and how does it go beyond like, again, that creative, and I guess maybe that's the... The art and science, like you said, the art and science kind of being, uh, coming together.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's why you and I, when we talk marketing, get along so well and have the viewpoint that we do, it's the essence of who you are as a company, an executive team, a person, uh, you, you know, it's the essence of who you are because ultimately we're people. And we interact with each other, and and we form opinions. And anything we can do, I, I always, when, when I was on the the brand side, I always people would be like, we have to have social, social, social. It's like you need to have a website. It's the only thing that you fully control. That's your environment. That's your playing field. That's how I feel about the imagery as well. It's something that we can control, but you have to come to that that point of what is your essence? Who are you? What's the number one thing you're trying to convey here? Cause y- you know, from all your marketing work, when you ask client, what are you trying to achieve? Well, I want to achieve a mm-hmm. and-, and B and, and C <laughs> and D and E and F and no, it's, what are you trying to achieve? If it's, creating, if it's increasing sales, then everything you do goes towards increasing sales. If it's Mm -hmm. brand recognition, everything goes towards that. And, you know, I always, I think it was Calvin Coolidge, the quote of, you know, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence, talent won't, genius won't, education won't. And, And that's how I feel about my photography. That's how I feel about marketing overall is if you're laser focused and this is a takeaway from my military days what are you trying to achieve and then there are pieces under it that all lead to that but it's always mission first and if you can go into it with that then you're going to be successful in achieving whatever you're trying to Mm -hmm. and it goes far beyond me i mean I'm, i'm a piece of the puzzle many times in the full marketing and communications mix you know if if the other pieces don't surround that and support it, then it's just a kind of a one-off and a, and a standalone. But where you're successful is when all the layers work together. And that's what I really try to look at. Um, if I shoot a group, uh, you know, an executive team, I want each of them, I want them to look consistently the same from a lighting perspective, a setup perspective, all of that. But I want people to look into the eyes of that photograph and be able to know that person. Mm, I and love that's that. some Yeah, that's something I've always worked really hard on because the eyes really are you know, the window to the soul. And if you can get the lighting and get the uh, person to light up and, and to show their personality, then you're, you're successful as a photographer from that perspective.
0: I love the awareness of brand consistency having them all be the same quote unquote right but excuse me but being sorry (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what just happened but um but also like really honoring the individualism of each person behind the team and i actually I want to bring that back actually to this podcast and why we're here, even talking about this because, yeah. and we've talked about this so many times for people that do not know, <laughs> David and I can literally talk for hours and hours and hours about marketing <laughs> and life and all the things. But I think every business is a platform for, for the people behind it Yeah, and what you do. And it's like, it's, Sure, we all have to come together. There has to be some cohesiveness with brand, with your brand, with the messaging, with things like that, but a business does, should not dilute the people helping yeah. make it be what it is. And I love the fact that you really honor that and you really say, okay, yes, here's, I'm. we have to make it consistent because from a brand strategy, marketing perspective, that's, that is necessary, but Every person deserves their own sort of spotlight.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I've done it on, uh, on more creative projects too. I, I, I'm working on one where I'm photographing people and the, the lighting, the background are all the same. So you really focus on their faces. But you know, when it comes to a business perspective and marketing, the one thing that your competition can't replicate is your people. It can't replicate your brain trust and the skills that they bring, but it can't replicate who they are. And that to me is a competitive advantage, you know, to show that your team works together cohesively, brings together different points of view and different skill sets. And we can convey that through photography. If if it's a group shot, I, you know, I, I photograph executive teams all the time. You get a CEO who is, you know very you know serious you get a cfo who's serious but has a fun side to him you have a communications everybody and i love shooting them and and i will actually do research on my clients i'll look on linkedin I'll, I'll take a look on the internet and see because that gives me points to talk to them about and when you talk to people about something that they're familiar with hey i saw that you have a new drug in the pipeline or it's in Phase three, um, how's that going for you? Are you opened a new facility in Phoenix? That kind of stuff, it really helps to get them to relax and to bring it out because it takes about 15 minutes of back and forth at a minimum to get somebody in a studio or even on location environment to feel, oh, wow, take their head out of it. Don't think about the photography. You're just talking to me. I happen to be clicking a shutter and have lights all around you but I want them to be relaxed. I want them to be engaged. Cause if we do that, we're going to capture the essence of who they are.
0: I love that. And I also really want to touch on and kind of go back to the emphasis of like this team aspect. And cause what you said there, like you put so much emphasis on the team and, and I think even kind of going back to what you said earlier, right. It's like, that's your first impression. Like you land on someone's website the world that we live in now and all of marketing, it's a comp- competition of connection. Yeah. But like the the ultimate goal is to build connection with whoever your audience is, right? Yeah. And how you do that is showcasing your people and highlighting your people. And I and I wanna call that out even more and really nail down that point because I think that's something that like again, people know that their team needs headshots. We're gonna put them on the about page and like it basically that's it they call it a day after that right yeah but i think to what you're saying and to really pull out like the essence of it all of what how you work with larger teams for instance because it sounds excuse me you've had like a mix right you've worked with individuals Mm -hmm. but i think for like and like everyone knows from an individual okay i need a new headshot i need to look at all the things right but like the importance of why It really is an investment in your team to get someone like you who really knows how to capture their individual personalities and really bring that out, really showcase that. Because I would say that the, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, when you see them all together, you can see what the dynamic will be like as potentially their client, right? Or whatever it is that they're selling, of course
1: yeah you know you bring up so many good points in in your spot on we talk a lot about investment, mm-hmm. you know whether that's marketing or what I do specifically. and people are always looking at roi and and sometimes I feel like headshot says commodity. you know, it's just, yeah, get them done and and as long as they look okay, we're happy. But if you look at all the places where you're using professional imagery, of your team of your executives. It's on LinkedIn. It's on your website. It may be on your, your, uh, uh, business cards. It's on your iPhone on your, you know, your contact info if you're doing it right. It's on, professional networking sites it's if you're doing speaking opportunities if you start to break it down the cost really becomes effective on on a per use basis and you're gaining that consistency you know and we talked about having that consistency as a group together but that consistency also applies when they're individually that if somebody, say you have three members of your team that are speaking at different conferences. Those photos are of the highest quality. They're consistent. Somebody is going to see that multiple times. It's, it's like anything we do in marketing, multiple touch points. So by ensuring that you have that kind of quality and that consistency you're going to get more out of it. And that's really what I, you know, when I talk about educating the client, that's where I really try to come in. Because if I can do that and I can help them, they become a long-term client. And that's really what I'm looking for. I can certainly do the one-offs and, you know, you shoot them one year, you may see them again in five. But teams that are consistent and looking at their visual brand every two years, three years at the most, um, are the ones that tend to, from what I see, be successful overall in what they do because they're understanding everything you do has an impact and they're controlling as much of the message as they possibly can. And that's really what this is all about. Controlling the environment, controlling the perception, controlling how we look and how we come across.
0: I love that. And then also too, if they when as their team grows, too right, like there's you have the ability to maintain that consistency across.
1: Yeah, journey. that's such a great point because I, I I take a lot of pride in that fact that I can shoot people in different environments and at different points in time, and I'm going to make it look exactly the same from a brand consistency standpoint. And uh, clients, when they realize that, are really blown away. Wow, we don't have to have everybody in one spot because we're having a sales meeting. Yeah, that's kind of sort of ideal, but we can do it over multiple periods. You know, you're having a sales meeting once a quarter. We can have smaller groups, pay more attention to them, ensure that quality, but you know that it's going to work across the board. You bring on somebody new. I have a client in the cybersecurity field growing by leaps and bounds. I've been photographing them for the past six years. Um, everybody looks consistent and and they're a great client to work with too. So that always makes it fun.
0: Incredible. I love that so much. And I really appreciate just to talk about like your answer previously that you, you said that there's kind of like a stigma, if you, for lack of a better term, around headshots, right? Because it's almost viewed as a commodity. Can you share a little bit about like why you think that is the case?
1: Um, the iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I I think, I think that that's been the big driver, but now we're going through the whole artificial intelligence, you know, AI thing, upload 30 photographs of yourself and AI will create a, a headshot for you. It's not really doing that. It's not capturing who you are. It's not able to bring out what makes you special. Um, you know, but photography's always kind of been that way. You you even get photographers that I, I call them the the tech geeks. It's always got to be the latest and greatest. I'm a firm believer that, you know, you can give me an old Kodak pinhole camera and a couple of light bulbs. I should be able to light somebody and make them look um pretty good. But it is viewed as a commodity, and I think it's because of you know, the iPhone technology, um, the idea that, well, we need 100 people, so let's just sit them down and do their Shawshank Redemption in processing shots, just one after another. And I won't actually take those people on as clients because they clearly don't value um, what I do or, or their employees from that matter. And generally that ends up resulting in poor quality. And, and I do have a really high standard for myself. And if I don't think I can achieve that, then I'm not going to take that on. Um, it's, it's a constant battle. I ROI and investment in showing value in photography is a competitive space. I will always be undercut. It just happened to me. Um, an RFP, For a large healthcare um, prospect here in Boston, um, was looking for an RFP. I put it out and they ended up, they specifically said they didn't want to be with the person that they had been because they were relaunching their website and their visual brand. And they felt like, It wasn't captured. So we had a long conversation about it. Unfortunately, I didn't get it. They went with that same person Mm. that they had used previously because they were already in the system. It was easier for them with procurement Mm. and all of that. And I get it. That's part of, you know, the dynamics that we deal with because we are in business, but it's unfortunate. I was really looking forward to it and and knew that I could present their talent in a way that they hadn't before, Mm -hmm. but it's always going to be that way. Um, Right. You know, you and I have talked about. I've I've studied with Peter Hurley and the headshot crew, and I'm an associate uh, within that, which means I'm in the top 10 percent of headshot photographers worldwide. And I take a lot of pride in that because it's it's not an easy process to get to that. But even all of us at that level fall into this, where sometimes people just aren't going to appreciate what we bring to the table, or at least they're not going to feel that they want to spend that much. And that's where that commodity mindset comes in. So I've started doing a lot more content marketing mm-hmm. where I'm looking at those studies that University of Texas has done, HubSpot, LinkedIn, um, different people, the psychological aspects of having high-end quality photography and putting that out there to help educate my my target audience a bit more.
0: Interesting. I love how you, I thank you for sharing that example, because (laughs) one, and I think just anyone who listens to this can probably relate, like you will always get undercut. Like it's just, (laughs) it's just part of it. And I love the example that you use because you didn't get undercut by someone completely new, like they went back to someone they knew. And that is actually one of the, probably the most common things that happen is like people are afraid to do something unfamiliar. Yeah. And that's always going to be the case. And all you can do, right? Like, yeah, you were looking forward to it, but all you can do is just keep moving on. So thank yeah. you for sharing that example because sure. I, it, it's nice to know just from one business owner to another that we're not alone no. in that. And it happens.
1: Fear uh, drives a lot of our, our prospects. Totally.
0: And especially, yeah. like you said, right? You're in the top 10% of headshot photographers worldwide. That's... <laughs> that's incredible yes. so like just it's just amazing the fact that like even that happened so like like I said thanks yeah. again for sharing with that of so course. I want to talk about um shift the conversation a little bit and focus more on you specifically and you mm-hmm. as a business owner so can you share I guess that let's start with Peter Hurley I believe that yeah. was the name you said right so Correct. let's yeah. start with him and let's I want to know kind of like the photographer world like what is the that standard actually mean
1: it's a good question so um when it comes to the headshot crew and and peter hurley specifically peter's the guy um i give peter a lot of credit he has built a network and an empire um based off of headshot photography because he does two things and and i think this is why uh, it resonated with me and why peter and i um really connected one we believe it's our mission to help people look their best um and and what we do is more than just click the shutter we're really having an impact on people with what we do so based off of that we should be the most well-trained the most well-versed and that we should be able to bring a quality level so that people and an experience so that people feel incredibly um, good about themselves when they walk out and when they get their photos. Um, and Peter developed the, it's called the headshot crew. And, you know, to become an associate, he has to review your portfolio and it's 15 photos and they have to be your best 15 photos. And it's a process. I had to be reviewed three times. Um, and I thought I was gonna make it on the first try. I thought yeah, I got this. We go down to things like zooming in and taking a look at the whites of the eyes. And because of the color temperature of the lights we do, it tends to make the whites go blue. You gotta get that blue out of there. You know, uh, Are the lights positioned correctly? You saw that we use that kind of triangle setup it, within your eye. Is it covering your pupil? Or is it in the, you know, the color portion of your eye Um, is the shadow, the definition of your chin proper? Because if it's not, then we look like a tree trunk. Um, You know, so it comes down to that art and science aspect of it, but he, he was very particular because if he's going to have you, if he's going to refer you, he wants it to be of his quality. And, Honestly, it's a journey. And I don't think I fully appreciated it at times and got frustrated. And everyone I've talked to who, uh, you know, those of us who have made associate feel the same way. But when you look back, you go, you know what, I'm a better photographer now. And, And that's really what I looked at when I decided I was going to go this path to increase the quality of what I do. I looked at it long and hard. And as I said to my wife, I said, Ultimately, what I care about is I'm a better photographer. I'm producing the best work for my clients so that there's no doubt I'm helping them. And as I look back over the last year, year and a half, I can say without a doubt, my quality, my attention to detail, and my level of acceptance of what I do is way higher. I look at things that I did four or five years ago. And got good response of and, you know, kind of had my look. And now I look at it and I I feel like it can't even touch what I'm doing now. And I'm probably going to feel that way in another two years. Because to me, the worst thing you can do, especially as a creative professional, is to rest on your laurels. To, you know, hey, I got this down and that's it. Because there will always be somebody that will work harder and, and continue to push and become better than you. And that's not something that I'm interested in. You know, I want to be the best, but I also know that that's a journey, not a destination. Mm-hmm. Right, and,
0: right. You'll it, it almost is like, okay, I'm the best at this stage right now. And then like, you won't be, like you said, there's always going, to, like it. The, the goal is almost moving. It's our moving target, I should say.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it for me, it's more, so I'm the best me right now Mm -hmm. but in two years i'm gonna have to be the better me um and so you know it's constant experimentation evolving what we do and i do love the community that i'm part of with the headshot crew we we're critical of each other's work but in a very positive way and very encouraging and i i now have a network uh, literally across the world uh, of uh colleagues and compatriots that if somebody asks hey do you know somebody in you know, Utah, um, that could photograph a, a project, I can easily recommend them. Cause I know the level that somebody has to be at and what they went through to get there. So we're able to have a great referral network with each other.
0: I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. So let me ask about like, so you said you started out on your own seven years ago, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been in photography for many, many years Ever. now, but <laughs> I think it's been more than 20 years.
1: Uh, yeah, we don't want to talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, seven years ago, either way. But how has your, I mean, and I you kind of just touched on it, just even the past year and a half, right? How much you've grown as a photographer, but how has David Saggio photography evolved since when you first started to where you are right now?
1: That's that's a good question. I mean, you're you're always chasing prospects. I, I think what's happened is. I've gone from more looking at individuals and casting a net and kind of catching fish as they went by to being more proactive and doing a lot more. It's funny, bringing in my my brand and marketing background and putting those principles to work to grow the studio, to get the larger clients, to really be targeting an executive level that is higher and higher. Um, and as I look forward, that's really the key. I want to be playing at that level con- more consistently where it's the high-end executive C-suite um, or the, the organizations that are trying to get there. It's one of the reasons I like startups in VC. Um, they remind me of a young me. Uh, you know, when you're just, you're chopping at the bit, you're doing everything you can. If you connect with the right people in there, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great energy and they're not afraid to invest in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always good, but I, I really think it's the approach to business. I'm more disciplined now, but it, you know, like all of us, I struggle with it. There's times right. I sit there and look and I go, I I put this campaign together and I got nothing out of it. Why? Or it was below my expectations. And thats I think that's when you and I you know, really get into the, the deepness of it. You know, Why? Why didn't that work? Uh, why did something work? I have several you know, ad platforms that I will alternate. And there's one of them that just blows the others away. I'm like, why that particular one? um but it's constantly evaluating i i always when i was in the army um one of the things we were always told is a good soldier is understands who they are you know what you're good at and you know what you're not good at and you either augment that that deficiency or you work really hard to improve it and the reality is you learn that nobody does everything well and sometimes you do need help. Hence <laughs> you and I in the outreach that I did originally uh, with you. Um, but sometimes you need help and it doesn't always need to be a big lift, but sometimes it's just hearing something you already know. I, I think Anthony Robbins has said that. You know, He says, I don't tell you anything you don't know, but sometimes it's just good to hear it. And so you need that. Being a, a sole proprietor, you know, that's my name that's on the door. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually just um, just received Italian citizenship, so I, I'm yeah, I'm Hello. a dual citizen. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, I am it,
0: jealous. <laughs> it, <laughs>
1: it was a long process, but it also it lets me work seamlessly in Europe now. So that open from business perspective, that opens up a whole world to me. But you know, it it gave me pause when I picked up my passport that. That's my grandfather's name. You know, he came to the United States in 1909. Um, no internet, no TV. I don't even think he had radio because he was from a small village um, in Italy, but came here on a promise and built a life that has filtered down from my aunts and uncles, my father and mother to me and now to my daughter. That's a big deal. I want to make sure that my name is synonymous with positive um, feelings, uh, quality, and that, you know, I can bring some good to the world with it.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have so many points to touch on. Um, I don't even know where I want to start right now. So, okay. I would say I'm going to quickly go to the beginning of what you said yeah. about you really, cause I think it's such an important thing where it's like, when we start so many people that I've talked to, and even myself included, and you included right we start our business as natural we're just like whatever money i can get especially because we yeah. probably came from a steady job <laughs> so we're like <laughs> whatever money i can get whatever yeah. um but i think too and even when we first connected right it was even you had to use the word pipeline when even when we first connected and a lot of people do especially when it comes to marketing right everyone, uh, so many people who I initially, when I first speak to them, they're like, I just need more sales. Like that's the focus. And I love the fact that you were like, well, what really changes my approach? And it wasn't like you changing yourself. It wasn't you changing. I wouldn't even say approach. It was more like you just recognizing where you want to put your efforts. You even use the word discipline, right? You became more disciplined and it's, I think one, there's a lot of fear when people do that because you're like, Oh my God, like, right. Like a lot of people are like, well, let me just cast the wide net. Like I can appeal to everyone and whatever. Yes. Sure. Maybe that's effective. And for Mm -hmm. some people that's necessary, like for that is necessary to have in whatever market. Right. Yeah. But I think what's an important thing to touch on is that the more we can focus the more we can start to build something steady and also then be able to branch out more. I think versus like, if you're casting a wide net, you're always, the target's always moving. And, but when you're focused, you're like, okay, well, then therefore these ads that I'm using, like, and I don't know the details of the ads, of course, but Mm -hmm. like, maybe the answer of like, why did this one work is because it comes off like, the efforts that you're putting towards your marketing to put into those sales, right. Are a lot more focused. They're a lot less scattered. They're mm-hmm. a lot more, you know, the messaging is clearer. Like it just kind of helps. So I just wanted to pull out that point because I think yeah. so many people get caught up even myself included as well. And it's so hard to do it when it's yourself. And I love the fact that you acknowledge, like sometimes you just need help.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, when, when you and I talked initially and you did, the evaluation and and we talked about what is like my true north and I I know that's something you do with with all your clients because you and I both believe in that you don't do 50 things you do one um and and I hear that conversation a lot when when I'm reviewing things and I'm looking at my marketing and how I'm engaging with prospects of what do I really do and when you do that it I won't say it makes it easier, but it makes it clear and you still have to get there. But, um, you know, it, it's a constant effort. Um, it's marketing is not just let it go. Running a business is not putting it on autopilot, you know, especially when you aspire to um, have your business associated with a certain level of quality, um, then it's important. Yeah, there, there are plenty of photographers out there that they'll take anything and I don't fault them at all. It's really what's your approach. Um, And that's also
0: necessary for that segment of audience that they may be appealing to. Exactly.
1: I, I, I realize I'm not for everybody. Um, And it, where that came to me is I also, one of my, my lines of business is I do high-end automotive photography, you know, uh, Bugatti's, um things like that 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 are being shown at Pebble Beach and and I, the detail that I do on that is is really down to the pixel level and what I realized with that is there are people who just no matter what they're not going to see what you bring to the table or they see it and they just don't want to engage with that or spend that and that's okay the hard part is getting to the point of saying okay I need to move on to the next thing um I I played hockey my whole life I'm a goalie you can't stop the puck that's already behind you all you can do is forget about it and look at the next play and that's I think that's a really good business lesson to have of learn from it but don't dwell on it move on to the next thing
0: I love that I love that so much um okay so the next thing I want to talk on is what you said right it's your, per- it's your grandfather's name. It's your personal brand, obviously. And I'm curious to know just briefly, like what did you always envision of being David Saggio photography or were you kind of toying around the idea of generalizing it or I guess neutralizing it, I should say.
1: Nah, I, it was always my name.
0: Amazing. I, I want
1: people, I want people to know that's, that's my photography. Yeah, that's yeah. my imagery that's out there.
0: Which is fair. I mean, it is your talent, right? And so I'm curious to know how, especially since your background includes marketing and branding, how does that differentiate, like, because you're marketing a personal, like your brand is a personal brand, essentially, right? So how have you, did you notice any sort of difference or was your approach to marketing different because of that?
1: It probably was. I didn't really think about it because I was really trying to market it, but I wanted to make sure that the David Saggio photography was, it's part of me, but it's also a little bit separate. Mm. Um, but I, I felt like by using my name, and I, I actually had a, a former colleague of mine um, when I was looking at putting out my own shingle, they said, well, you have a cool name. I was like, yeah, I kind of do, <laughs> and, and but it's
0: Italian, you know, everyone exactly. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue.
1: But you know, when I looked at it, I said, you know, if I'm putting my name out there, there's no, there's no leeway in quality. Mm-hmm. It has to be as good as I'm able to be at any given moment um, while always aspiring to, to be the best. And that was really important. When when I was a kid, my mom, um, she was was great at the guilt thing. And she would say to me, before you ever think of doing something that's questionable, she said, think about Papa and your aunts and uncles and what they would feel seeing the family name in the newspaper in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me. It, you know to this day, I still hear go to run a red light, and I hear my mom go <laughs> what would the family think, But you know, I like that. I like having that anchor to my heritage and my past, and I do bring that into my photography and how I approach things. My mom was that person that you know if somebody needed something, she was there. She always gave them a good experience, she was always kind and And I try to do that. It's not always easy, you you know, but I try to do that with my photography. I just did a project of my dad was a paratrooper in World War II, was in the Battle of the Bulge with the 17th Airborne Division. Um, Most of those soldiers are gone now. I think there's like 14 or 11 that are left. But we have an organization called the Scions that gets together. It's the sons, the, the grandsons, you know, the, the family around that. And we go and we celebrate them. So I photographed people at this latest reunion holding a, a framed 8x10 of their loved one, of their trooper. I love that. And I have to say, even I was stunned. At the emotional aspect of it. And I had one woman in particular who came up to me later that evening and she goes, do you realize what you've given us? And I was like, yeah, I, I know. She's like, you don't, she goes, this isn't a something, this isn't a gift for me. It's for me, my children, my grandchildren, and it honors, you know, those who came before us. And that's really powerful. And it's not just that type of project. That's mm-hmm. every, every photograph I take, every finished photograph that's the best that it can be. Um, you know, that's something that I'm putting out there with my name on it. I don't give out unedited photos. I don't give out raw imagery because at some point somebody would look at it and if it's not as good as it can be, would say, oh, who did that? And they'll say, oh, David Saggio Photography. Oh, okay. No, that's my name. Mm -hmm. and and so I I I take that really seriously that's that's my name that's my brand and Mm -hmm. it's critical that I'm doing everything I can to have that in a positive light
0: That's I mean it's such a good point and I think so I know I can relate like I take my reputation very very seriously and that's why how I treat people and how I approach things is just with you know a lot of integrity and I think I think it's clear that you do the same. And I would also say what I want to, I want to touch on something you said right at the beginning of your answer of like, you always knew it was going to be David Saggio. And yes, the, like the reputation piece is an anchor for you, but I really loved how you said, you know, you wanted it to still be a little bit separate. And I, and I'm calling that out is because I think there's a lot of people who have personal brands or battle between whether or not they should Mm -hmm. be a personal brand. And I think what happens a lot of the time and when they get, they get to a point, I've actually worked with a coach before who had this, who had this challenge of like, she was just sort of feeling burnt out and whatnot, and just didn't know how to grow the business, but not... Mm -hmm without burning herself out more. Right. And I, what was one of the things that came up in our evaluation was just like, I was sharing with her, like your brand, you're very enmeshed with your brand. Mm -hmm. Your brand itself doesn't stand on a strong foundation, but you do your personal brand does. So it's like, so I want to know how, and like you said, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but just want to drill in a little bit deeper. Like, obviously there's this reputation piece and then the quality piece, but how did you create some separation between the two or was it truly by using that anchor?
1: It's, you know, the anchor was important because I felt it held me to a standard and, and and I feel like you need those types of things, but there is a separation. And it's, it's interesting the the story you just told because it's hard not to take this personal, you know, especially from the, the, Creative side. Uh, but even from the business side and the brand strategy side, you know, you, you want to make sure that you, you're bringing value in everything that you do. So even just how you see my logo or how I formatted the name, it's David Saggio, all one word, all caps. And then the photography is just an initial cap. And, and I thought about that. And to me, that visually and kind of from a concept phase, created a bit of a separation. There's me, there's the photography, it's together. And, and I do think about things from, I will say the studio perspective. If I'm really thinking about the business, I say the studio. If it's something that's more a personal kind of thing for me, I'll, mm-hmm. I, I'll talk about me. But I try to make that differentiation and I, I don't know that it always has an impact but I will say the studio. I try to differentiate that from me.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing those details because I think it's so small, right? And you're like, well, what the hell does that mean? What difference does that make? But it's like over time, the more you talk, say the studio, the more it becomes mm-hmm. familiar, the more people are like, oh, I get it, right? At first, no matter what, because it's your name, people are going to be like, well, that's his business. You know what I mean? Like, you're always going to feel like it's one. Yeah but to, and, but to what you were kind of like touching on, right. It's like, the, it's bigger than you. It ends up feeling a lot bigger than you. And I, yeah, think it different.
1: it becomes a business. It's an entity,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: Um, and, you know, I have to put some thought to that. And I won't say that it was right out of the gate. I think it evolved a little bit, but yes, I am part of it. I lead it. It's my work. It's my vision, but it's a business. And and I think that's something that even with my experience and working in the agency world and on the client side, I think it surprised every entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. every sole proprietor, the amount of effort that goes into running your business Mm -hmm. beyond what you actually do. Yeah. You know, finances, marketing, all, all the pieces, you know, making sure your, your equipment is, is working properly Mm -hmm you know, the, the space that you have, uh, all of that takes up a lot of time. And and I think you do need to have some separation of it. And for yeah. me, I think it works. It makes it a little bit easier that I can take a lot of pride and probably hold the business to an even higher standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows you to get things done as well. When yeah. it's just you, I think it's easy to go, eh, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, even though mm-hmm. I, know you and i kind of like
0: inspires you to push a little like another step further
1: yeah you and i aren't wired that way i don't i we can't think that way but yeah exactly it's like just boom (laughs) boom boom but you know having it as david saggio photography the studio i can look at it and and i'm lucky my daughter's in marketing uh my wife's in marketing and, and they'll look at it that way. Wow. You know what, if you did this, you could elevate the messaging or you could elevate the experience. And it, it, again, like we talked about, it's, it's, it's a small differentiation, yeah. but I think it's a positive. But it makes a huge helps. difference. I would yeah. also
0: like to point out that I'm biased here. Cause I'm in, I mean, granted that we're, we're probably both biased here, but like marketing is in the small details. It looks big. It, it looks flashy, but the real stuff is just the, culmination of all the small details yeah small moments big moments and it's just everything
1: adds to it in fact before um i set up here in a studio for for this i was looking and i said you know what i put out um cans of seltzer water for my clients and i have them lined up and i'm like I don't like the way that looks. I need a fridge, but it needs to match the color of a locker that I have. in it. Oh, which is,
0: I love that. Yeah. The blue, it, it, but it makes such a difference. And I would say, difference. I don't know why this came to mind, probably because I was just watching an interior decorating show. Um, but like it's in a small difference. It's like yeah. there's, it doesn't, it could be the color of one small like glass, right? Like it makes, yeah it just makes a huge difference. It's all in the details. And I it think is. that really goes the same with marketing and again, how you position your brand. So I really, and I wanna be mindful of time because we've been chatting sure. for a while now, but <laughs> I do wanna talk about earlier on when you were like mm-hmm. the difference in, or how, you're, how you've evolved since day one to now of your business is how you kind of approach. And again, really recognizing that this like sort of higher caliber audience that you really want to get to whatever and it's not even about the audience themselves but just kind of the way that they approach and view headshots or what you could provide them right how did your marketing change to appeal to that
1: Hmm, that's that's a good question um i'm not i'm not real good at cold calling i never was it's not something Quite honestly, I enjoy. I've been putting a lot more thought to those types of outreaches um, as I've elevated the quality and I've expanded, you know, I use the term branded lifestyle, more action oriented photography. I feel like it's a twofold sell. It's the individual, you know, in that controlled studio environment and then also putting them into their work or life environment as well. Um, for me, that works really well. I get, I, first of all, it gives me larger engagements, um, but it also gives the client a, a, a wider swath of imagery to, to use as they need to. Um, but that's required a different cell, And I'm actually working on a couple of drip campaigns that I'm putting together that are much more targeted. I used to send out kind of the same message to everybody Um, Now I'm really targeting, as I'm doing that education about the impact that imagery and what I bring to the table has, I've targeted by uh, finance, technology, healthcare, biopharma, uh, specifically within healthcare and med device diagnostic as separate pieces, and then startups and VCs. And, you, you know, looking at, okay, how do you connect with those people for the pain point or the the place where they need the help and make it where it's relevant to them. So I think where, to answer your question, it's the relevancy of what I do and what I offer. I've really grown in that and look at that very hard now.
0: Interesting. That's, I mean, and. It's. I love how you use the word relevancy because it's that really comes boils down to positioning. It's like yeah. how are you? Why does this matter, and why does it matter to this particular audience segment, right? How do yeah. Why does this? Um, and how, and also to what are they attracted to, and that's the relevance. And positioning really comes down to. Yeah to why is it relevant why should i care about this and how that's... do you
1: make yeah how do you make that connection and it's going to be a positive thing to yeah. get them to take the next connection and the next connection and you know it really is important i mean if you look at it we're bombarded with messaging nonstop mm-hmm. i mean unlike anything that anyone you know even 15 20 years ago saw um, and it, so our competition The way I view it isn't just other photographers, other studios, Mm -hmm. other commercial photography entities that are out there. It's Coke, it's Pepsi, it's Chevrolet, because they're all using the same channels. They're bombarding people as well. Mm -hmm. So we have to break through that. And to me, the best way to break through that is to be relevant and to find some, you know, you have a need. I can solve that need for you, or at least I can help you.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, on that note, right, it's like we are all trying to figure out how to make it known that we're relevant in a way, right? And I think that really is always the hardest part because it's like we know we are, but how can other people do it? And I think Mm -hmm. and something I think we did in the evaluation and just something that I actually just recorded an episode that's coming out next week about it is like what we forget to do in that is that we forget to talk competitively about our relevance, not in a way that brings down our competition or even acknowledges our competition. But I think, and that's why like, I think what we did too in that evaluation was we looked at what your competitors are doing and then saw where there was potentially a gap and and also to look at what they were doing effectively and figure out And to just kind of pull out the essence of why that's effective. And that really boils down to that positioning and the, and then sure then it gets into the tactics of it all. So I, am I appreciate that you shared that because it really, that's what it just boils down to. It's, it's that relevance.
1: That's what I love about what you do in your approach. You you know, I've always said your clarity is, is far beyond your years. And, And to me, I think that's what makes for effective marketing is having clarity and also under. you have to really have introspection you have to understand who you are like i said what do you do well what don't you do well and it, you don't need to bash the competition in fact i think that's probably the worst thing you can do because you're you're not only does it not play well but it's giving them you know time off of off of your dime um you know my my father was My dad wasn't a guy for saying like, I'm teaching you a lesson right now, but he did it in subtle ways. And it was through sports. I had four brothers. So Mm -hmm. we we had bloody noses a couple of times (laughs) a week, but my dad used to always say, don't worry about what the other guy's doing. Worry about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you do your job well, then you'll be okay. Whether that's on the field or off. And again, you know, it's something that always sticks with me.
0: Amazing. I love that so much. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I like I said, I could talk to you all day about this, but I'm gonna <laughs> let you go. So I have one question for you is what actually I'm gonna lie. I'm lying. Two questions for you. One, what's what's been the most challenging since for David Sagio photography and establishing that as a brand?
1: Differentiation from everything else that's out there. I, I think that's the hardest thing because photography is viewed as a hobby in many ways. Um, and, and not a real job. Um, I actually, when I moved into my studio space, there are other offices that are here and there mm-hmm. was a gentleman who was a lawyer, an immigration lawyer who had an office in the back. When I moved in, I told everybody, I'll do your headshot for free. You know, it's, one, it's a nice welcome to the neighborhood. And two, please refer me to your networks. And he said, well, I need to check and see because my wife's a photographer. And I said, oh, I don't want to step on any toes. What kind of photography does she do? And he said, well, she's actually a hostess at a restaurant, but she does photography on weekends. And I was kind of like, huh, I actually do this all the time. This is my job. This is my livelihood. So, you know, there's a lot riding on to it. So I think differentiating... Not only this is the type of photography that I do and this is the level at it, but this is why I'm a different choice mm-hmm. than someone else who's out there. Yeah. Um. And, and I think finding that's the that's the real challenge for yeah. me. Yeah. I
0: mean, and, and that's why marketing is so much uh it's there's a good chunk of marketing that is simply experimentation until you figure out what really works and what feels representative i think for i especially when you're working with a limited budget right because sure there's a lot more room for uh, experimentation if your budget's really high or you have a lot of resources whatever that's why larger companies have the ability to really call it out and stand it out but for smaller companies or potentially newer companies, it really boils down to just experimenting and finding that white space that is different from your competitors, but not so different to where your audience is like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what yeah. is this? And yeah, it's a it's fine, just, line. It's a fine it, line. And it's, and in the, it, it is a game where the rules keep changing because always. of all the changes in how we connect with one another and absorb things and look
1: best. at Instagram alone. They went Instagram from alone. imagery I mean, to reels and now they say it's coming back to imagery it, again. It yeah. And know, even we're
0: LinkedIn. Just, yes. Everything, yeah. everything is changing and that is the game. And that's why you just have to figure out what works for you and block yeah. as much noise as you can. Yeah.
1: It. Yeah. So, yeah. If you, again, if you focus on yourself and do it well, then you, you you're 90% of the battle is done.
0: Yeah. 100%. So what, okay. What's one piece of advice you'd give to people who are struggling with their differentiation?
1: Ask for help.
0: Mm.
1: Ask for help. It's similar to, as I I said, when people come into my studio and they're like, I'm not photogenic. I've never had a good photo taken of me. I'm, I'm ugly. I'm this, I'm that. Um, We all see ourselves in a certain way. We see our businesses in a certain way. Sometimes you need an outside lens to give you clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to let somebody else take a look at your baby and say, eh, it's not the prettiest baby, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and to get that. But if you're open to it, and, and I experienced this with the headshot crew quite a bit, You know, to put yourself out there week after week and say, here's some of my best work that I've done this week and have it be picked apart. And you're like, wow, these people are cruel. And they're Mm -hmm. not. They're just saying, you know what? You need to get the blue out of the whites of the eyes because Mm -hmm. that's not what the human eye looks like. Once you're able to step away from that and say, okay, let me evaluate it. They're right. Let me make the change. Then I think that moves you along. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, especially for a types, it's, it's a tough thing to do, but we don't do everything perfectly. Sometimes we do need help.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Yeah. Okay. How can we support you? You're based in Boston.
1: I'm based in Boston. Um, I do spend time in Europe, uh, primarily Paris and Milan. Um, and I'm actually looking at opening a second studio in Tampa sometime in the next year. So, um, I, I do travel if, if somebody is interested in what I do, I'm happy to talk to them. I, I do evaluation calls all the time about what are they looking for? What have they done in the past? Mm -hmm. How I can help them in a way that nobody else has. So I do on location, um, and I would love to, you know, as your audience is out there, um, talk to them, even if it's not necessarily me, I have a pretty broad network and I can always help to refer them.
0: Awesome. Where can they find you?
1: David Saggio, uh, DavidSaggioPhoto.com and David on Instagram. Those okay. are the best ways
0: amazing. We'll put it in show notes as well, of course. Great. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. Oh my God.
1: This was so much fun. You so know fun. how much I enjoy talking <laughs> to you all the time. I okay. knew this would be great. And I, in I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Me too. That's it for this week's episode of the edge Effect. but the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Caroline Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.